Onghai founder Terry Goh says he'll make an independent run for president. At his Monday press announcement, Goh said he would unite the opposition camps and work out a winning strategy for 2024. Once again, he called for opposition candidates Koenja and Hoyoi to meet him over coffee to discuss national affairs. Honghai founder Terry Goh has made it official. We must remove the DPP from office. Taiwan's future president must have insights into industrial development, an understanding of the global economic landscape, and the ability to lead the people out of our predicament. The era of business leaders governing countries is upon us. In Taiwan's political sphere, who else can take the reins but me? Go said that without unity, the opposition camps have little hope of winning. He renewed his call for an August 30th coffee date with opposition candidates Ke Wenzhe and Ho Youyi. By standing divided, the opposition camps are making it too easy for Lai Qingde. I hope to become the greatest common divisor to achieve unity, and I continue to extend my invitation to others in the opposition, the other two candidates. You take coffee, I take milk tea, and we can sit down for a proper chat over national affairs. Besides declaring his candidacy, Goh also announced his campaign spokesperson, nuclear power advocate Huang Shishou, but he stopped short of unveiling his running mate. Actually, regarding your question about my running mate, I already have someone in mind. I will announce the name to everyone when the time is right. During his trip in Zhanghua, the KMT's Ho was peppered with questions about Go's presidential run. But no matter how he was asked, Ho refused to be drawn. Meanwhile, KMT lawmaker Xie Yifeng stepped forward to demand political integrity. Perhaps integrity is not so important when doing business, I don't know. But for politicians, I do know that voters assess the integrity of political figures when deciding whether they're fit to be a leader of a nation. Media asked if she now considered Go an enemy. She responded, not being a friend doesn't make you an enemy. Now that Goh's put his cards on the table, whether he's friend or foe is the big question for the KMT. With a net worth of about 237 billion NT, Terry Goh is the richest person to make a bid for Taiwan president. The former Honghai chairman and his wife will have to declare all their property in accordance with the law. During his Monday press conference, Goh was asked what he would do if China threatened to confiscate Honghai's assets for not cooperating with Beijing. He replied that he'd be willing to sacrifice his property if it would keep China from attacking Taiwan. Honghai founder Terry Goh has thrown his hat in the ring for president. According to Forbes, Goh's net worth exceeds 7.4 billion U.S. dollars, or about 236.8 billion NT, making him the sixth richest person in Taiwan. In comparison, Lai Qingde and his wife have savings and insurance policies of about 30 million NT. Ho Youyi and his wife have a combined 11.4 million NT, and Ke Wenzhe and his wife 21.31 million NT. In accordance with the Act on Property Declaration by Public Servants, I will list everything out. My wife, who also has to declare her property, has been complaining about this for several days. She has several expensive handbags that have to be included in the declaration. Four years ago, on June 2019, 
Go stepped down as Honghai chairman to make way for Yang Liu. At his Monday press conference, Go was asked a delicate question about his former company. If the CCP regime told me I had to listen to them or else they'd confiscate Honhai's assets, I'd say, yes, please do it. If sacrificing my personal assets would prevent them from attacking Taiwan, I'd be willing to go back to being a worker making molds. I won't be threatened. If you're rich, you can do whatever you want. You can proclaim that you don't want money. What he should be explaining now is not that he doesn't want Chinese investment. Everyone is already saying that he stepped out a long time ago. How much money does he owe Taiwanese banks? Has he been transparent about that? It's all empty talk. As we say in Taiwan, business people always embellish their words when it comes to business dealings. Honghai released a statement stressing that Go had resigned as chairman four years ago and had not been involved in company operations since. It added that, with more than 800,000 shareholders, the company is collectively owned by investors both in Taiwan and abroad. Just 137 days remain before the 2024 elections. DPP's Lai Qingde had a full campaign scheduled last Sunday, including a stop in New Taipei to talk housing policy. At the launch of a campaign coalition of real estate representatives, Lai said he wanted to expand rental subsidies and build 130,000 more social housing units. He also announced plans to roll out more incentives for urban renewal. My basic principle is to promote balanced development in Taiwan. Taking 100 steps forward in Taipei only is not as good as banding together and taking one step forward in all 22 cities and counties. Don't you agree? During a whirlwind of campaign events last Sunday, the DPP's Lai Qingde proposed balanced development for Taiwan's cities and counties. He said his vision considers regional characteristics but does not factor in area size. He also spoke on urban renewal, saying that progress had been too slow. It's not always possible to offer the exact same floor space before and after in every project. So homeowners, they just have this one house. Even if urban renewal gets them a nicer home and a better environment, if their house gets smaller, they might not want to go through with it. So I'm telling you all here today that in the future, these problems will be reviewed and improved on one by one and will find a solution to each one. Lai pledged to promote urban renewal, saying he would boost incentives for higher floor-to-area ratios. Opposition lawmaker Li Dewei was skeptical. You should seize the moment, do what you can with the position you're in. Don't go around telling everyone that you can't do anything as vice president now, that you would only be able to achieve those things as president. The public finds it ridiculous. The urban renewal incentives can solve the problem of high housing prices. Of course, if the plans also include social housing, we'd love to see it happen. But the point here is whether local governments are willing to cooperate with the central government. The DPP lawmaker says the central government can only achieve its plans with cooperation from local leaders. With his campaign picking up pace, Lai is set to unveil a raft of policy proposals in September. He will hold seven to nine policy presentations to unveil his vision for Taiwan. The North American Taiwanese Medical Association will soon open a clinic in Ukraine to offer free medical care. The clinic is organized by physician Zheng Ti Tsai and supported by 10 million NT donation from UMC founder Robert Tsai. A group of doctors will depart for Ukraine on Tuesday to show Taiwan's support for Ukraine and for democracy.
We at the North American Taiwanese Medical Association specialize in providing free clinics. We're paving a path, a third path for the Taiwanese people. Why do we need a third path? If Ukraine wins the war, Xi Jinping won't dare to attack Taiwan. Ukraine is in full resistance mode. Putin is facing internal and external troubles. This is a great warning for the CCP. Amid the mess and perversity of the CCP, Taiwan serves as a lighthouse. We must keep our light shining. All of you physicians here today, whether you live in the U.S. or in Taiwan, the spirit that you have as doctors, that humanitarian care for other nations, that is the spirit of Taiwan. This is similar to the actions of people who fight on their behalf, but we don't know how to use guns. We can use our hearts, we use our knowledge, and we use our medical expertise to show that we stand with the Ukrainian people. The free clinic will be staffed by 11 doctors across five specialities. A news team from FTV will join the doctors in Ukraine to cover their life-saving work in the fields. The demand for small apartments is growing, especially in Greater Taipei. The market for small apartments is particularly hot in districts like New Taipei's Sanchong, where good transport links and convenient amenities make life attractive for young people. It's not just single people looking for small homes either. Increasing numbers of couples want to live together and don't have plans for children. All that means the price of small apartments is rising. After many months, Mr. Xu and his girlfriend have finished renovating their first home. They chose this cozy apartment in New Taipei's Sanchong District, paying 13 million NT for a two-bedroom home with one bathroom, a small kitchen and a balcony, and overall floor space of more than 20 ping. We probably couldn't afford an apartment in Taipei City, so we had to go more out to the outskirts of Greater Taipei. Sanchong is fairly close to Taipei. We considered the price and also the commute and obviously chose this. If you're not planning to get married, then getting a kitten is a lot like having a baby. So you don't necessarily need to have a baby. If we had a baby on top of our mortgage, the financial pressures might be a bit much for us. More and more young people share Mr. Xu's attitude. Lower cost, small apartments are hot property right now. Looking across the whole of Taiwan, these districts saw the most sales of small apartments in the first half of 2023. Zhonghe District in New Taipei, Zhongshan District in Taipei, and then Sanchong in New Taipei. The runners-up are Zhongli in Taoyuan and Banqiao in New Taipei. There are some similarities between these districts where small apartments are popular. Firstly, they have a dense population. They have well-developed amenities and convenient transport links. But the bank's mortgage conditions for small apartments of less than 20 ping or even less than 15 ping might not be ideal. The marriage rate has been falling for the last six years, but house prices are still riding high. Many first-time homebuyers are setting their sights on more achievable small properties, and that's pushing up the prices of these smaller apartments. As Thai Power's financial losses continue to balloon, the Ministry of Economic Affairs has been using all kinds of ways to save the state-owned power company, such as raising the price of electricity, issuing preferred stock, introducing a post-pandemic special budget, and instituting, instituting subsidies or capital increase in the government budget. 
but despite all that, the power company is still deep in the red in the first half of 2023. The losses would reach 400 billion NT by year's end, encroaching on Thai Power's capital of 480 billion NT. It is now rumored that the cabinet will allocate 100 billion NT to increase the capital of the power company. Let's hear from Thai Power. The reason for Thai Power's losses is mainly due to the rise of international fuel prices after the Russo-Ukrainian war broke out. Since our fuels, including coal, gas, and fuel oil, are mostly imported, the price rise has caused Thai Power to increase its capital by more than 300 billion NT every year, and an increase of more than 600 billion NT in two years, and the result is Thai Power's current operating losses. The government has a financial subsidy program that provides us with increased capital or subsidy funds, which is funded through a budget increase. Power producers will also moderately increase electricity prices, so that we can all get through this wave of fuel price hikes. Thai Power says the Economics Ministry will convene a meeting next month to discuss electricity prices to determine the prices for after October and that it will provide the ministry with the necessary information such as costs and operations. Did you know that many home appliances and devices use phantom energy while they're plugged in? It means these little energy vampires are wasting energy even when they're not in use. But which appliances are the biggest energy drains? Thai Power recently alerted the public to the issue, pointing out that storage water heaters are the number one culprit for energy waste. Let's take a look at the top appliances to watch out for. Which home appliances are the biggest energy vampires? Thai Power has the answer. The biggest phantom energy vampire is the electric storage water heater. It can have a wattage of up to 3,000. With a minimum energy rate of 1.6 NT, it could cost 3,520 NT a quarter, upwards of 10,000 NT a year. In second place is the electric catering flask. It keeps water hot constantly, and if left on 24-7, it uses 2 kilowatt hours a day, or 3,650 NT in one year. I hear they're very energy heavy, so I stopped using them. You can put labels on your extension cords and turn them off at the socket when not in use. The TV set-top box, DVD recorder and TV speakers are number 3 to 5 in the phantom energy list. But experts say many other appliances drain power too. Any appliance that heats something up wastes energy. In summertime, I suggest you turn spinning washing machines down to cold. Everyone says set-top boxes don't use much power. They're just 16 watts. That's about 12 kilowatt hours a month. If you can save those 12 kilowatt hours, then you win the reward of energy saving. Experts say don't overlook your small appliances. Over the course of a year, these energy vampires can suck up tens of thousands of dollars worth of power. Every big saving starts with a single watt. Taiwan HSR has launched another very special train. The rail company has partnered with Japanese cartoon sensation Kanahei, also known as Peace K and Yusaki. The cute characters of Kanahei are all over the carriages of the latest HSR train and will be on the tracks for two years. The company hopes related merchandise will lead to big profits. Meanwhile, TRA has a similar venture with Disney as the trains of Taiwan go cartoon crazy. Thank you.
bright pink usagi and cream-colored neneneko are dressed in HSR uniforms to welcome passengers onto this Four Seasons Blossom-themed train. The characters of Kanahe are back on the HSR. Inside the carriage, there's not just these cute sponsored products. Even the headrest has a Kanahe design. Because it's really so cute and eye-catching, the whole train has been carefully designed by Taiwan HSR. The outside of the train has flowers and plants from Four Seasons, and I think it's very cute. The colorful new carriages are set to be on the tracks until August 2025. You might find yourself on one of them anytime you take a high-speed train in the next two years. The HSR designers have come up with four themes, and adorable figures will accompany passengers on 18 special routes. Since our first collaboration with Kanahe in 2019 up to today, we have achieved sponsored merchandise profits of more than 60 million NT. Coming up, we predict that this, our second brand new collaboration, which we hope will at least double our profits. The Kanahe carriages have won the hearts of many passengers, and big profits are expected to come from the cutesy-associated merch, including toy trains, mugs, and scarves. And that's not all. This year, TRA is partnering with Disney for a very special round-the-island ride in the company of Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Dumbo, and other classic characters. Taiwan's two major rail companies are going head-to-head -head with their sponsorships this year, demonstrating the commercial value of cartoon characters. Yeliujiu Park is one of Taiwan's most unique tourist attractions. The park boasts a breathtaking honeycomb of strangely shaped rock formations, all right on the edge of the sea. And now the park has a new attraction, Taiwan's first cliffside bookstore. The unique store is full of books related to geology and the culture of Yeliu. You can also sit down with a cup of coffee for a leisurely browse through the catalog after a long walk through the park. This walkway, cutting through steep sand walls, is crawling with tourists holding up phone cameras. This is the world-famous Yeliu Geopark in New Taipei's Wanli District. The Queen's Head Formation attracts many admirers, but now visitors have another option, settling down with a good book. We've all realized that actually everyone has digital devices in their hands these days. Hardly anybody reads paper books these days. So we thought we could collaborate with Blur and Book to open a seaside bookstore at the back. Inspired by the park's most famous rock formation, Yelio and Blur and Book have transformed the park's drink stand into the Queen's Bookstore. Now visitors can enjoy the marvels of the land and the sea, and then sit down in a quiet space to read and reflect. The new destination for the Northeast Coast also aims to highlight the images of local literary culture. For example, this is the Compendium of Ocean Sciences, which contains more than 700 marine creatures. Some of these are things that you can't see on the surface when you come to visit Yelio. When you've read the books in our four themes, then you can really clearly understand everything from the geology and marvelous environment of Yelio to the stars in the sky and even the culture of the Yelio community. All these books are connected to different aspects of local life. There's something for every interest. And for visitors who are keen to enjoy the unique views of this area, Taiwan's first ever bookstore right on the cliff's edge is sure to be a must visit. Taiwan's very own Rakuten girls are back in the U.S. 
They performed at the New York Mets City Field last Sunday as pregame entertainment on Taiwan Day. They also attracted a crowd of 500 Taiwanese Americans who waited outside the stadium to get a selfie. Seven Rakuten girls greet the cameras, dressed in navy crop tops and white miniskirts. Among them is the ever-popular Mizuki Lin. Holding up their pom-poms, the squad gears up for another lively performance. They twist and swing their hips, all with a radiant smile. The Rakuten Monkeys cheerleading squad is conquering baseball fans all across the Pacific. At the invitation of the U.S. Major League, the squad performed at City Field before a game, charming the crowd. The cheerleaders shared their excitement about Taiwan Day, which sold out all 4,000 stadium tickets. Outside the venue, 500 Taiwanese Americans waited in line for selfies. Mizuki Lin, Yuri, and squad captain Drung Drung had performed in the U.S. before, but were still moved by their reception. Like last time, we're meeting a lot of keen baseball fans, but this time the audience we faced was a bit different from last time. Last time they were all Taiwanese. Everyone has been very welcoming and enthusiastic, and everyone danced the Hakka song with us. With their performance at City Field, the Rakuten girls showcased a slice of Taiwan for the world to see.